Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode, or maybe your first episode of Sales Velocity TV. I'm Andrew Cast. That's Aaron Parkinson, and we're talking today about an exit strategy, which I think, Aaron, probably, for most business owners we speak to, has never entered the conversation. They're like, I'm running my show, I'm making some money, I'm loving my business. Never dawned on me, could I possibly sell this thing one day? And that's what we're going to talk about here today. Yeah, it, it felt like one of those topics that we should bring on to the show Really just maybe a little bit just kind of switch things up a little bit. A lot of the times we talk about tactics, we talk about strategies, you know, but selling your business is part of sales velocity, right? Yes, it is. Or and and for some people, it's actually a, a repetitive strategy where they'll, the, you know, their plan is to come in for a year, maybe two, build, exit, buy another, you know, start another, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think with, and you would know this as well as anybody, Andrew, with the current economy, there's so much money mm. um, in the current economy right now. There's been so much helicopter money. You know, investors are running around like crazy trying to find a place to put it. You know, there's there's so many people looking to acquire businesses right now that it's a really hot topic. I mean, I've been hit up with acquisition talks for months on multiple different things. And so we thought, why don't we take some time today to maybe – demystify it a little bit, pull back the curtain a little bit. What does that look like? Maybe start to plant that seed, you know? Yeah, I think we should talk about, is it even an option for you, right? Depending on your business. Frankly, some businesses aren't meant to be sold. They, they're not they're not sellable assets. So we'll, we'll, we'll come clean with that. But there are a lot that are. I mean, we're in, we're in the software business. Pipeline Pro is our CRM software platform that powers this show. Those are businesses that are, re that are regularly acquired, right? Um, you have uh, an agency, which those can go either way, right? Agency business, client businesses can go either way. But continuity and subscription style businesses that usually have tech or an asset attached to it tend to be the most attractive. Obviously, a restaurant could be acquired, a brick and mortar business. Um, trying to think of some others maybe that we've seen lately. And we'll talk about some options on where you can look at this. E-commerce businesses, people that have big stores and big presence online. Where, I mean, you come from an e-commerce background, Aaron, where you saw... Many multiples of existing mature e-commerce platforms that got sold, right? Absolutely. Because you have you have a you have something you have a sales machine, right? So talking sales velocity, if you can demonstrate that you have sales happening all all the time, on a regular basis, more so continuity subscription based sales, but not necessarily. That's what investors are looking for. They're looking to plug into a sales machine. They're not looking Absolutely. to plug into an idea. They're looking to plug into an idea that sells. Yeah, and I would I would maybe challenge you a bit on the point where you say, you know, you can't sell a business. I think there's always somebody who's willing to buy your business. I think how you structure your business ultimately determines how valuable it is for somebody. Right. right? right. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that have these, you know, solo entrepreneur businesses where they say, well, nobody would buy my solo entrepreneur business right now. Maybe they wouldn't, or maybe they wouldn't give you a lot of money for it. But if you start to look at, competitors of yours in the space, you'll see that there are people that sell your businesses all the time. They probably just have it structured a little bit differently. Yep. And if you can educate yourself on this stuff from the beginning, 
You know, I have a lot of people who say this, the, the sole goal of starting a business is to exit it. And if you're not thinking how to structure the business to exit, right. then you're doing it wrong from the get-go. Here's another angle, Aaron, is you, you mentioned the solo operator, the independent entrepreneur, or maybe you're running a small show and you're doing very well for yourself and you're comfortable with that. But there might be something within the business that's a sellable asset. So there could be a system, a process, a piece of tech, software, sure. something within that could be a sellable asset, maybe not the business itself. So don't necessarily think my business isn't a saleable asset, but maybe there's a process that can be patented or a system within or software within that could potentially be a sellable asset or something that's compelling enough that would allow you to raise money on because there is yeah. selling and then there's what's called liquidity events, right? So it's not as always cut and dry. I sell, I make money, I go away. You could take an injection of cash for that asset you have in your business and that might give you next level capital to grow, but you're still in the business, right? Maybe you're still the CEO or right? yeah, so there's a lot of ways lot to of look at this ways. creatively, which yeah, we'll talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that this gets gets skinned and I don't think we're gonna go down that rabbit hole today, but you, br you brought up an important um, sort of example, right? Like somebody asked me the other day, um, somebody very prominent that you would know, um, asked me if I was looking to exit the agency. Right. And I, I said, hope you said yes. Okay. <laughs> I said, I'm always um, just for the record. So I'm always trying to pull Aaron out of his agency so he can, you know, I can pull him into bigger, more profitable, more scalable ideas. So whoever that guy was, I like him. Yeah. You, you know exactly who he is. If I mentioned okay. it, they are the biggest, um, digital marketing, uh, live convention, um, every single year in the world. And they were, uh, interviewing me, asking me if I wanted to present on stage next year. And so the, the question was, um, are you building your agency to sell? And I said, right, well, right now I'm building my agency to sell. And this is a really important thing I want to share with our, our viewers and our listeners is I'm building it to sell because then I have the option to sell it for maximum valuation. But even if I don't sell it, it becomes so systemized and so structured that I can essentially walk away and focus on other projects or other things that I might be inspired by mm -hmm. because the systems are, are so efficient that I'm not really needed to be there to operate it. So that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, right? Like I'll look at an example of a lot of clients we have inside a pipe, right? Maybe they're insurance reps, right? And they're like, well, I, I'm just an insurance rep. I, I, I could never sell my business. Well, that's not true. Because you could you, sell the book of business. You could sell the book of business. But more importantly, if you created a solid lead generation structure uh -huh, there we go. to the system. point where you overwhelmed yourself for meetings and appointments, and then you started to recruit agents and train them on the process, and you started to build your own book and a book underneath potentially them, or they're funneling your book, mm -hmm. and you started to create a great follow-up mechanism and a, and a footprint online, um, then you would get to the point where, you know, an insurance agency might say, oh, I would I would 100% like to acquire your, your whole marketing machine and you your go. reps. A piece right? of the business, right? Right. Because on your own, you might not be valuable, but if you created the actual systems around it so that it could scale and run efficiently on its own, then that's something that's very appealing to people to come in and buy. So I don't think there's any businesses that can't be sold, but I think there's structures of businesses that make it challenging to sell, right? So, But, for but, me, but again, we come back to the liquidity event. So it right. might not be a sale. It might be a liquidity event where you get an injection of cash because you have sure. something so valuable 
And that is like a sale, right? It's like you're selling or, or, or licensing in some cases a portion of what you've created that works, which I think yeah. is a valuable point. If you can, if you have a system that can generate leads and sales, which is why this is where we always start. I don't care what the idea is, what the business is. I often say you could have the cure for cancer, but if nobody knows about it, then you're not going to cure anybody of cancer because there's no sales and marketing machine behind it to get it known and get it noticed, right? So if you have any kind of sales lead gen mechanism that can get more bodies in the door, make more presentations and make more sales, you are infinitely more valuable than the idea guy Absolutely. because you can get customers. And that's a, that's a liquidity style event. If that can be yeah, sold and, or and you go back to the liquidity event and just, for some people might be like, I'm really not sure what they're talking about. Right. I'll give them an example. And I know that you're going to have no issue with me sharing this, even though I didn't run it before you before. Right. But you look at somebody like uh, Russell Brunson, who you're a big fan of. Right. He they got offered a billion dollars to buy click funnels and he I, turned it down. I don't, that's yeah, that's crazy. That's the word on the street, right? I don't know if that's true. That's that's at least that's the word. I on have the heard that also. A billion seems a little bit of a stretch, but it seems like a stretch to me too. But hey, I mean, I, I wasn't there. I have to take them for face value, right? Mm -hmm. um, we had that would be a sale, right? That was they, they were offered that to sell the entire thing, right? We had an opportunity for a liquidity event inside of Pipe about four months ago, where an investor showed up and said, "I'm willing to write you a seven-figure check." for a percentage of the company. Liquidity event. Was a liquidity event. It wasn't a large percentage of the company, but it was a percentage of the company. And we ultimately decided to turn that down. And, and so that wouldn't be a case where we sold it. That would be a case where we took outside capital, a liquidity event to then either give ourselves some money or invest it in more infrastructure or whatever. And the nice thing about doing a liquidity event is that it actually sets the market value currently for your company, right. right? So let's say you had a company and you offered to sell, you know, 50% of it for a million dollars, right? Then, then now you've set the value in the marketplace of the company's currently worth $2 million today. So the next time somebody comes along, they're going to have to give you more money if the company has grown to, to, to buy shares, right? So that's the nice part about taking a, uh, uh, taking a liquidity event is that you get some capital to work with. You take some chips off the table. It sets the value for your company moving forward. And maybe you can, Use that for more marketing, more infrastructure. Yeah, you've whatever. sold a piece. I mean, this is, I talk about this a lot. This is Shark Tank. They stand in front of the sharks and they mm -hmm. say, I'm willing to get, you know, I, I'm here to, I'm here asking for $300,000 for 20% of my company, as an example. That's exactly, exactly. the pitch. It's a can pitch. They all yep. come out the same way with the, the model of the show is they have to specifically come right out and say exactly what they're asking for before they even talk about the business. So you'll notice that, that formula, right? Hello, yep. my name is Andrew Cass, and I'm here asking for $250,000 for a 10% stake in my business. And that's like the start of the whole show. Everybody's the same way. And then, okay, what do you do? What are sales, right? So for them, they're selling a piece of the business. It's a liquidity event. For you, that is on the table, potentially, with joint ventures or people who are in your space that may want to come in and partner with you because you have something that they would never go build that they like. Yeah. And a lot of the times, one of the best things to do is, is, is from the beginning, think about who would be somebody that would be ideal to sell to, right? Because then if you actually start from the beginning of being, who would be a company that, that would want to buy what I have, then you can start to structure your company in a way that would be appealing to that end buyer, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. The first point that we're really covering today is we want to open your mind to the idea of 
an exit, a profitable exit or a liquidity event from the get-go because oftentimes when you think through that lens, not only can it get you more excited because all of a sudden you're thinking, man, there's an opportunity to retire in the future or do something else or whatever, but it also starts to get you to think about how should this business be structured to be able to accomplish that. And if you do, that, the business actually becomes way easier to run. Right. You know, in general, it becomes more efficient, right? So um, one of the, 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 the points that we want to talk about today, point number two, is actually, you know, great examples of places where that'll get your... Get, get the your wheels wheel turning, turning here, right? Yeah. And listen, that's all we want to really do today. Different path on the show today is how can we get you thinking about where else can I raise money, sell assets, sell the whole business, prep it. We'll talk about prepping it for, for a sale in a little bit or prepping it for an event. And then now I think you have some examples, Aaron, of where can I go to see this in action? There's some really cool marketplaces. I'm seeing this a lot in e-com, right? You see these e-com stores are always being sold, e-commerce, where if you have yeah, a big brand or a big... Um, affiliate... Software companies. Uh, um, software e companies. companies. Um, it's, Digital it's really marketing point, agencies. And, and why I wanted to share this with, with people today is because the first time I saw this, I was introduced to it about 10 years ago. Yep. My mind just like exploded. Yep, yep, yep. And, and it exploded because when I actually looked at them, I thought these businesses really aren't that successful. There's not that much revenue or, or profit coming out of them and they're selling for way more than I would have guessed or anticipated without having the knowledge. And what that did for me is it got me excited about thinking about things through this lens that there's always this asset that could potentially be built and sold for way more than I thought, right? And so one of the examples that I used was the first one I ever visited was a company called Empire Flippers. Ah, oh, um, we've looked at this together. Yeah, we looked at this together, right? And it gives you, the great thing is, is it gives you all the companies, all the different industries, what their Empire gross revenue flippers. I'm going to pull this up while we're talking. Are you? Okay. So you'll see that it gives you the industry. It gives you how long they've been in business. Yep, it gives yep. you their gross revenue. It's Empire Flippers. So I don't know if you put Empire Flipper in there or not, but it's I Empire. I put Flipper the Dolphin, but nothing happened. Sorry, man. Uh, it's Flippers, plural. Empire Flippers. Well, listen. Empire Empire. Since we have this fancy technology, um, <laughs> you're if you're watching it. the video version, we'll we'll keep talking, my man. All right. So we got it. Right the great here. thing about Empire Flippers is that you can go on and you can select by industry. You can see their current um, listings of businesses for sale. Super cool. And, and then when you actually click in on them to get a little bit more information, mm -hmm. you can actually see There's how long they've been in business. Um, what their gross sales are, what their net profit is, what industry they're in, you know, vaguely what makes them special, right? And it gives you like a snapshot, right? So, Andrew, do you have this up and sharing right now? I got it. I don't know if you can see I have it up, but how, how cool you can't see from where you are? I, I can see you. I cool. Can see so, it so check now, this right? out. So I'm on, if you're watching the show by video, you could go watch the show by video at salesvelocitytv.com, by the way. Uh, or over to the YouTube channel. But check this out. Somebody has an Amazon fulfillment store that they're selling for 600K with yep. monthly net of 12,000, right? So we can go, you see a lot of e-commerce, e-com, Amazon, KDP, multiple, multiple. 
right? So these are the yeah, new these are listing. all the new listings, right? So you can actually go to all of the listings, and you'll see that they get quite varied. Yeah, you can. Um, you these can are the latest listings, by... right? So you can see you can select monetization, affiliate, digital product, drop shipping, e-commerce, SaaS, you know, et cetera, yep, et cetera. Yeah. Yep. I just and right ran, off a, that, I just ran a search for SaaS here. So as an example, somebody has an SEO company. Yep. Subscription based. Yep. Right. Monthly net profit of eighty three thousand. They're offering the business for five million. See the multiple? Yep. Absolutely. Right. Right. There's one here for sports. Sports. It's got a monthly net profit of thirty four thousand. And then as Itch. you've opened sports. it up, yep. right? You've opened it up and it's it's been around for six years, which uh -huh. is a good thing. It's been around for a while. It's got monthly revenue of thirty nine thousand. It actually has a huge profit margin. It's thirty four thousand is their monthly net profit. So nice. Nice. there's not a lot of infrastructure that's here. And they're basically saying, okay, we're, we're pulling roughly $400,000 a year out of this, and we're going to sell it to you for $1.6 And then it goes into the listing summary itself, which yep. you've got there, which yep. is tells a little bit more about the, the business. This is a SaaS platform. Here's the tech stack that it's built on. Here's the size of the email list. Here's our primary source of traffic. It's, it's direct. It's organic. It's this. It's that. Um, it has, you know, customers are acquired primarily through YouTube videos, you know, we get this many views a day. So it gives you like an overall summary. And then if you decide you want to learn, like get into their P&Ls and their distributors and all the like the, the really like, you know, detailed stuff, mm -hmm. you got to go in, you got to put a small deposit down. I think it's like 5%, which is held right. in escrow. And then they give you all the information that you want. Interesting. Right. So they give you this summary up front. And then if you want to take a step, then they'll give you everything. Right. Um, it's a refundable deposit, but the reason that I wanted to share this one and then the other one that I love is called Flippa, F-L-I-P-P-A, right? Empire Flippers and Flippa, like when I went in here and I started to actually look at the businesses that were being listed, I, in many cases, I was just astounded mm -hmm. by how much people were selling businesses for that, quite frankly, they weren't doing that much revenue or that much profit. And it really got me excited because I was like, man, if I really wanted to, I'm not that far away from being able to sell something, you know, where I think in a lot of people's minds, they think like you can only sell something when you're doing, you know, massive numbers a year or 10 million a year, a hundred million dollars a year when right, it's absolutely right. not true. Right. Right. It's not true at all. Right. I mean, you look, hey, look at this, look, one, look right at this here, one right here. So, this is a great example. This one? Explosionvideos.com net profit, you know, $4,500 a month. Right. And this one is, is more of a of a starting price. I think it's kind of a bit more of an auction. They're saying, hey, I'm willing to sell it for 30 grand. Right. This one here, even you know, car clinic, net profit thirty one hundred dollars per month. Like thirty one hundred dollars a month in profit is nothing. Nothing. And right? they're asking hundred K. And they're asking hundred K for it. Right. This one here, one thousand six hundred and ninety nine dollars a month in profit, eighty grand they're asking for it. I mean, th these are not big businesses. These are smart. These are small companies with fairly good multiples. And, and granted, got, that's that's an asking price, but still just sure, to give you an example of what's there. But it just gives, for me, it gave me this new lens to see things through of, wow, this isn't just about me showing up, doing work, you know, grinding out, creating profit, scaling. Mm -hmm. There's this opportunity at any given time that I can either grow into or take right now and when I'm, you know, if I'm getting burnt out or tired of it, or I just want a capital infusion, 
there's opportunities and buyers all the time. I know through the grapevine, for example, that there's a fund happening at Empire Flippers right now where they have a half a billion dollars sitting in there right now from venture capitalists who are willing to buy stuff. Wow. Right? And and so, you know, the idea, the whole goal really today was to, to open up your mind to the idea that you could exit or take a liquidity event and then give you some resources for you to go and do some research and see how common it is really, and, and, and how valuable things are to the marketplace. Right. And then the final piece here, which is really loops us back to the topic of our weekly show, is what are the things that need to be in place for you to even get a multiple and be attractive? And it's going to loop right back into your list, your social media presence, your sales process, how effective you are marketing and generating leads. But again, you might have this amazing product and you want to just go hawk it right away and take a sale. But the multiple becomes the multiple when you have sales for a long period of time and you have multiple ways of getting them. Yeah, and I I will... Even though I'm saying I'm going to summarize it, it's not a summary. It's it's an overview, I guess, mm-hmm. of talking about this third topic. Right. Is you'll actually see a lot of the times in the Empire Flippers listings, in the in the descriptions, they'll say the o- the owner only spends four hours per week managing this. It happens a lot in the descriptions. Interesting. And why that's important is because somebody who wants to acquire it doesn't want to need you. What they want is something they can buy and just put somebody in place and have the whole thing run the same way as if you weren't there. So the more you can automate things and the more you can systemize things and the more you can remove your hourly investment into the business on a weekly basis, the more it's worth to a buyer. And that brings us back to this point, right? Which is, Andrew, you and I talk about all this all the time. Do you have a duplicatable, systematic, consistent lead generation process? Hugely important. They don't want to have to go create eyeballs. Or is it sporadic and all over the place and up and down and unreliable? And that's normally the case with most, unfortunately. Exactly. If you can put that in play, that's checkbox number one. Exactly. Yep. Right? Checkbox number two, you know, how good are your follow-up mechanisms, your customer experience, your additional sales follow-up and channels, your customer service team is a big one, right? How automated is that process? And that's a big part of what you and I focus on, and it's why we, you know, why we launched Pipeline Pro is we wanted to have as many touch points automated, as much of the experiences automated, as much communication as we could automated, organized, visible right? All of those things in one spot so that we weren't relying on just humans, right? Because humans are tough to manage, mm-hmm. right? We wanted to automate as much as we could and, and create the most amazing experience we could, right? And we were doing that for our customers. But in this particular conversation, we're talking about valuations. It's huge for our valuation because it doesn't take a whole lot of people to run it. Right. 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 And you could take that a step further. Right. Talking about profitability. Right. You and I are big on using highly qualified technical virtual assistants. Right. We have a lot of VAs that run different elements that can't be automated in our business. 
right? And they worked so well for us that we actually offer that service inside of Pipe for our own customers because you want to, again, get as many of the, the redundant um, activities that you can off of your you know, plate as the owner, but you want to do it in the most cost-effective way as possible, right? And when we're talking about redundant activities, there's a lot of people all over the world whose cost of living is way lower than living in the United States or the UK or Canada or Australia that are highly educated, highly technical, but are willing and highly to enthusiastic to work enthusiastic. for an American or a English or a Canadian company. Oh, and they want to work so bad, right? But because their cost of living is so low, they don't, need, they don't need as much. Yeah, they don't. They're they're just way more competitive in their hourly structure or their salary, right? So that becomes more appealing to an end user as well or an end buyer as well because it's it's profitable, right? And it's and it's managed by people that are educated, yep, right? Yep, yep. And then. I would say, you know, beyond that, if you've got a sales organization in place, right? Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, my business doesn't require a sales organization. And I think that's a debatable conversation, right? But if you've built a, a, a follow-up sales organization outbound or inbound that is consistently increasing the lifetime value of your customers by selling more things and products and offerings that the client might need, that's another huge valuable asset because again, it's increasing the revenue, it's increasing the lifetime value, it's already established, they're already trained, so on and so forth, right? So there's these different elements that if you put them into place and you always think from the perspective of how do I remove myself from this business as much as possible over time, right? It becomes more efficient, it becomes easier to run and ultimately, that's way more valuable to an end user. They don't want to come in and do everything. They're investors. That's they, they, they don't want to. They don't want to work. They want to buy. Some will. I mean, some will want to bring their whole team in and replace you and run it their way because they're buying a of system. Course. But you're right. Most won't. And this is like you said. This is laying the bricks. Yep. That's what this is. Laying the bricks. So these are just some of the elements that you can look at. And you know, I do this. I actually did this last week, Andrew. I I was looking on Google of what are the what is, what is the traditional valuation? What is the multiple that an agency could sell for? And I Googled this article and I found it very quickly. And it said, you know, if you run an agency, here's the six things you need to put in place to increase the valuation the yeah. if you want to sell, right? And there was a couple of different things in there, i.e., you know, like you don't want to be completely referral based, which we are, right? You want to have an, an outbound lead generation. We get back to the marketing system again. Back to the right? marketing, back right? Back to the lead gen and marketing. You know, they don't want you, the owner to be doing the sales, right? You got to have a sales team. Goes back to what I just talked about, right? Right. Right. Um, in this particular case, they were like, you know, prefer, you know, preferentially, there's twelve month contracts, not four months or six months, right? Because then there's more a security. Bit of stability. There's a little more stability. So it was like this checklist. And I think that you can go in as an owner and say, okay, in my industry, you know, what does my particular business get valued at? You know, what are the multiples and, and what has to be put in place for a successful exit? And then you can start to think, you know, from the end in mind, right? And I think this will be really eye-opening for a lot of people today because I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people that never even considered the idea of exiting. Or a liquidity event. Or a liquidity event, right? And and Mike Dillard, who's a great 
friend of ours, um, he talks about this all the time. He's like, you know, let's just say your profit is a quarter million dollars a year. Let's just say as an example, mm-hmm. if somebody's willing to pay you six times that, right? Call that a million five, whatever that is, that's taking six years of risk off the table today. Six years, because businesses change, this change happen, right? Yeah, you might be growing. Yeah, you might be excited. But you know when the best time to sell is? When you're the most excited and things are going like this. Because you can't sell when they're going like this, right? Nobody wants that. Yeah, yeah. Right? They want when you're going like this, when when all the opportunities in front of you. And it's just about risk management of where could that money potentially be better served over the next six years in another project, in your investment accounts, maybe got something else you want to focus on, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Right? You're buying time. When you, when you do an exit or even a liquidity event, if you're doing a liquidity event, usually you're buying time because you take that money and you potentially invest it into places where you couldn't grow before because you didn't have the resources to grow. Right. So you can shorten your time to expansion, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A couple little pillars that need to be in place. You got some research elements here. Um, for some, you just got the thought of, oh my gosh, I never even considered this, but boy, it makes sense. I'm connecting the dots right now. I, I keep coming back. I love Shark Tank. Go yeah, watch Shark too. Tank. It's on CNBC weeknights, prime time still. It's in like its 10th season or something. Yeah. And uh, it's really an instructive show. I love it as a resource for this show because it really gets people, A, in a position to have that liquidity event because n- nobody's going in there selling the whole company. They're always going in there selling a piece of their company, offering a partnership, a joint venture, right? It's always a small percentage for a certain amount of money that would take them from where they are to where they want to go. It's really instructive to watch because it gets you thinking about, hmm, could I walk into a group of investors or could I go to one of these sites online and maybe put a Shark Tank-like offer on the table to see if it sticks? And really, it's not a crazy thing. Sometimes it's it's life-saving. Sometimes it's 20% stake for X amount but you were kind of like on life support until that, right? So sometimes these cash infusions, a lot of them are going into Shark Tank. By the way, just for being on Shark Tank, when they make the pitch, their business probably goes through the roof because they're getting oh, visibility, absolutely. right? There's just a lot of like, people go who check out the, like they're a mark. Shark Tank is a market maker for everybody on there. But the yep. ones that walk away with a deal, forget about it. That's a second level of, 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 of visibility. When There's been a, a lot of people who've gone on there and pitched in the last couple of years with no intention of selling to anybody, no matter what they offered them on that show, just because they wanted the visibility. And they're starting to catch them and they're starting to call them out on it. Yeah. Right. But, but the formula is there. Watch. The formula is there. Watch the yeah. show. It, it definitely gets you thinking along the lines of. And here's the other side of it. I'll wrap it with this. You might be in a business that is just not that attractive. <laughs> it, it's not a saleable asset. There's nothing really of value within. It doesn't mean leave the business, but it should make you think, I got choices. If I'm in a business that really doesn't have a lot of assets within and there's not a lot of stability and there's not a lot of opportunity down the road to sell or have a liquidity event, you might want to look at the stability of that business model, right? I'm always looking at business models, Aaron. You and I are always looking at what are the economics of this business model? Like we've looked at a few things together and we're like, yeah, I mean, that's all fine and good, but does it have this, this, and this? And a lot of it for me comes back to, you know, are there proprietary assets within? Are there unique sales systems that can't be easily duplicated? Like you need to find some uniqueness, which loops back to unique selling proposition, which will help you really, in some cases, make a decision as to whether you're in the right space sometimes. So this can this can serve a lot of purposes. It can, it, it can help you see where maybe you couldn't see before, but it can also help you go, 
what am I doing in this industry? There's like, no, where am I going? Because there's a lot of industries where you're in it because that's all you know. And you're so, sort of unconscious in the industry, but there might be, you might be able to take that skill set elsewhere. Absolutely. And if, and if it's not appealing to a buyer, it's probably not that appealing to the market. Right. And listen, for a lot of you, it's probably not even appealing to you anymore. Right. right. So can you take your skill set elsewhere when you do this little exercise here? Absolutely. So hopefully we open some people's eyes today. Hopefully you're going to go and hop onto Empire Flippers or Flippa or any of the other, you know, dozens of sites that are out there. Look at your industry. Look at competitors that could potentially be selling in your industry right now. You know, maybe look at adding something to your business that would put you in the the spotlight of a potential investor. And, and probably the most important takeaway today is, you know, if you build your business with the goal to exit, even if you don't exit or take a liquidity event, it just runs smoother, period. There's a reason why investors want these things in place because they're the standard practices that make businesses successful. And the last thing I'll say, the lesson I'll leave you with is, hint, hint, when I'm working with private clients, when Aaron's working with private clients, the number one thing you can go do today in your business is you can insert some sort of technology, software, digital something into the business model will make it infinitely more attractive. Right? I was talking to a client who has an agency in the insurance space, good friend of mine, we play golf together, been with me for probably a client for 10 years here in Florida. And right now his whole goal in 2022 is inside of my agency, how can I install CRM software to make this thing more sticky? So now I have an agency, but now I also have a software play within, which is sticky subscription-based continuity, not clients that come and go. See the difference? So the hint is, can, is there tech that can be used, inserted, or injected into the business to infinitely make it more valuable? And that's what I'm seeing a lot today. Right? It's one of the reasons why we own a software company, because the tech, the software, the SaaS, we're in that kind of a world today, right? You know, COVID really... We talked about it on the show, the COVID pandemic really, really sped up the, the, the digital world, which was already flying, but now it's more accepted and more widely utilized than ever before. You see companies like Zoom, you, know, you see the Amazons of the world, they their valuate Slack. Slack. Didn't Slack get purchased for like a billion or three was, billion by yeah, Salesforce? It was a massive amount. It was a really, I mean, staggeringly high multiple, probably not a good model to look at, but uh, I think it was, I think it was over a billion. Let's call it a $2 billion. It was huge. And we're talking about a communication channel, but it's tech, tech. They bought the tech. They didn't buy the people. They didn't buy the product. They bought the tech. How can we take this tech? They bought the audience. They bought the audience. So here we go. So we're into list technology, list technology. So those things I'll leave you with. We'll link in the show notes down below. We'll link to the, those two resources, Aaron, in case you're listening by audio. You can head over to salesvelocitytv.com. A few days after the show, we have the video version. We have all the show notes, and we have any links to resources that we talked about on the show. There are two good ones here today. And go check out Shark Tank. It's a lot of fun. It's entertaining, and it's really a good lesson listening to some of those you know, multimillionaires, multibillionaires valuing companies. They're helping people value companies. They actually... <laughs> Last night, Aaron, they literally kicked a guy off the show. I was just watching it last night. They literally said, you need to leave the show right now for even coming in here and embarrassing us with a valuation like that for your company that sells $200,000 a year in product and you're asking for, you know, you're valuing it at like $8 million. Like they will, you'll see the abuse. You'll see the humbling going on in there. So really, it's a fun show. We'll link to that. It's, in it's, it's a great show. And, and, and I know that we're trying to wrap it up. But I, <laughs> trying. You, you, hey, we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. But I, I love it because... 
the questions that they ask specifically Mr. Wonderful, you, Kevin specifically. O'Leary. Specifically. That's why he – hey, listen, by the way, he's on CNBC once a week now. He's got book deals, JV deals. He's the most controversial of all. He's the most brash of all. And guess what? He's the one that gets the most visibility. Absolutely. And and I just love when they come in and they pitch their product and they they, they talk about how wonderful their company is and blah, blah, which we all do, right? We all talk about how wonderful our company is, right? <laughs> His first question is, what was your revenue last year? What, what are your, was the profit? He always says, what are your sales? Right? What are your sales? Right? right? What was your revenue last year? What was your profit? What's your revenue this year? What is your profit? Right? It's the very first thing that he wants to know mm-hmm. is That's tell me the about the math. Yep. yep. Right? And then you'll start to see them get deeper into the questions, right? How many people are on your team? Where are you based out of? You know, how many contracts do you have? How many relationships do you have with vendors, right? They start to go into all of those systems that I'm talking about, you know, what do you have in place, right? And and if you put yourself under that Shark Tank spotlight and imagine somebody asking you those questions about your business, you will very quickly find out where your holes are Ask yourself, where would I be embarrassed right now if I went on Shark Tank? And then go to your business and fix that. I'm laughing right now because he said this exact thing to somebody last night. I hit the floor laughing, Aaron. I'll leave you with this. We'll finally get off the show after this. (laughs) He goes, how could I invest in this business? It's a disaster. How can I look my kids in the face investing in this mess? Oh my God, he said that on the show. And then the poor lady was standing there and just like, wow, that was not what she was expecting coming onto the show. But it was, uh, it gets brutal. Wait, hey, it's called the Shark Tank for a reason. It's called reality. We are changing the name of the show from Sales Velocity to the Sales Velocity Shark Tank. The Sales Velocity Tank, the Sales Tank. Well, well whatever. Maybe it's a rebrand of the years. I'm going to wrap it here, man. I don't think we're going to call it Sales well, Tank. Uh, that, that might be bad. We'll see you on the next episode, I guess, right? I'm Andrew. That's Aaron. We'll see you on the next episode. SalesVelocityTV.com. You got the audio version over there. You have all the different links to the podcast platforms. Have the video version show notes as well. We will see you, my friend, in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.